the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No soup for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back to back to back to back because we love Seinfeld and you love Seinfeld. I'm Adam. And I'm Soda. I mean, I'm Corey. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a terrible fucking name. It really, really is. <laughs> exactly. So uh, today, as already alluded to by Corey, we are talking... Season 7, episode 13, The Seven, and it first aired on February 1st, 1996. Gore, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? I sure can. George announces that he wants to name his first child Seven and loses it when Susan's cousin decides to use that name. Elaine buys a bike but hurts her neck when it falls off the shelf onto her. Jerry's girlfriend wears the same dress every time he sees her. I don't know if I'd call her his girlfriend. They only go out on two dates. Yeah, but, <laughs> but oh well. I mean, that is basically another, just another one in the books for Jerry. That's true. All right, and per ish usual, we start off with a stand up, and this one on compliments. <laughs> I love it when people are complimented on something they're wearing, and they accept that compliment as if it was about them. Nice tie. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. The compliment is for the tie. It's not for you, but we take it. That's kind of the job of clothes, to get compliments for us. Because it's very hard to get compliments based on your human qualities, right? Let's face it, no matter how nice a person you are, no one's going to say, hey, nice person. It's easier to be a bastard and just try and match the colors up. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time with that one as well. <laughs> and it's actually something I do feel when someone's like, "Hey, nice, you know, if they like nice haircut, yeah, I guess you're complimenting the the barber. Nice shirt, you're complimenting the designer. I mean, Say nice face, give me like a nice face. How about that? <laughs> it's it is truly just easier to be a bastard. You are such a bastard because they're saying you have good style because you accepted that haircut, you accepted and chose that tie, and you so they like it. they like your style. Corey. But it's got to be about you, all about you and that glorious, beautiful, handsome face. It does, baby. All right. All right. We start off our episode after the stand up at an antique toy shop. And immediately when I saw the shop, is oh shit, are we gonna get uh, uh, um, the the roofie Estelle? <laughs> no, I you're you're oh. went to, I went to the Estelle doll. Okay, you went to the the roofie. <laughs> I went to the roofie. I thought it was gonna be the Bill Cosby episode, but per no, it's usual, not. <laughs> per usual, you go straight to the roofies. All right, yep, per usual. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Elaine sees the bike that she uh, really wanted as a kid, and Jerry sees something that he likes as well. And it's this uh, very beautiful redheaded lady in a attractive, like a uh, black and white dress that she's got on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is hot, but it's it's definitely a, a a sign of the times. Like that dress, you know what I mean? Like the style is very '96. I don't know. I get maybe I have no problems. Maybe I find '96 style hot. I'm not gonna lie. Actually, I was watching like a YouTube video 
Oh, it was. Oh, my God. It was a Donnie and Marie from their Donnie and Marie show. Somebody posted oh. this. They were doing, like, the time warp or something. It was really awful done. But I was looking at, like, the uh, some of the uh, attractive ladies in the audience, and I was just like, I like that style. Now, which year? What, what year was it? It was, like, 98. Okay, okay. And now, now 1998 is when I was 13. That was, right. I mean, honestly, I think guys probably stick to a style right in their puberty yes. uh, and adolescence time. Like, I will always say the sexiest um, thing, the sexiest wardrobe I ever remember is that time in the early 2000s, late 90s, when that low, low, <laughs> low-rise <laughs> jeans and stuff was really in, where you could see pretty much from belly yeah. button right till <laughs> the top of exactly. Um, and I love that area. That To me, that's still, like, the sexiest area uh, of a lady, and oh, yeah. and it's probably because I was so um, inundated <laughs> with at the images age, yeah. of that mm-hmm. at that age, at that yeah. ripe age of, of for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course I was inundated with like late '80s stuff at that age. Oh, so yeah. all my shit was neon and big hair, big perms and spandex, and you yep. like those big. <laughs> Fake '80s tatas and stuff. Oh God, I hate. I hate. You don't like those the fa- fake? Oh, eight, I th- no, I oh, okay. hate the big orbs. The fake '80s orbs. Nah, yeah. I hated those. Nah. Okay, because okay. <laughs> those were a big thing. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. They certainly were. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, back to the toy shop, and so obviously Jerry is distracted by that lady starting to talk to her, and Elaine's trying to get this bike, and it, it falls on her. Haha, <laughs> she can't handle it on her own. Kind of funny. Well, um, there's I, one little hmm. piece of dialogue that I that I like Jerry saying. It was like, uh, he goes, uh, "Boy, I miss." What do you say? Boy, I miss when they made toys that could kill a kid. And <laughs> and and as an example of that, when I was growing up, Tonka trucks were all metal with yeah. sharp ass edges. And I know now they're that thick, sturdy plastic, which can hurt when it hits you on the noggin. Oh, but yeah. it's not that sharp solid metal like it was when i was growing up and yeah you could lose an eye with that thing oh absolutely and i always remembered um playing with like these tractors and these kind of co-op big old trucks at my grandpa's place uh and they were just all this like kind of die cast metal they were i mean super sturdy sturdy i mean hell they're still around today yeah, uh, where yeah. a lot of these plastic ones are all kind of busted and they're crap, but yeah, the worst thing that happens to those old Tonka trucks is that like little paint gets chipped or something. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> they're dead. They are a deadly weapon. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, at a restaurant, George and Susan are out with uh, Susan's cousin and uh, her husband, and he makes George makes this inappropriate, weird joke about like, oh, how am I related to? Because she's pregnant. How am I related to uh, to your to the daughter, you know, of the cousin? And he's like, well, you're not really. And he's like, oh, oh, so I can marry her legally. And it's like, the <laughs> fuck. And even Susan was like, what the fuck? And then this scene is one of those scenes that I I hate of George. Where oh, he's God. so cocky, but uh, for some reason, we've seen it before. This is not the first time. But when George is cocky, he eats fast and it's like so like every hit is up is like I'm I'm gonna eat the shit out of this. And, and I'm just like Jesus, the dude. Way he, his, overall, his eating, particularly when he's eating pasta, he yes. just like fucking shovels it, and he's yes. just like slurping it, and it's up, and I'm just Ugh. like, I, I would get up and leave if I had to eat next to that man because it's just the worst. Now I'm sure that is an acting choice to hate him even more, and just yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, good for that. Um, I'm sure Jason Alexander is a very um, gentlemanly, <laughs> gentlemanly <very>, eater, <laughs> gentlemanly eater, but not George, and I just, oh, it makes me hate him. 
Did, now, did you recognize uh, Ken, the the husband of the couple? I did. I did not recognize the lady. I looked him no. up. Um, it is Ken Campbell. And, of course, I remember him best from Groundhog Day and Armageddon. Those are two yeah. of the things that I remember him best from. Yeah, I remember him from both of those, but he's always uh, going to be burned into my memory as uh, one of the characters from Herman's Head, which I've yeah. mentioned on here plenty of times. Yep. But again, I think that falls into the same category you were just talking about. I watched that show when I was so young that to this day, every cast member that I see from that show, I'm like, that's Herman's Head. And nice. it, that show was like on for like 13 episodes and clearly left such a strong impression in my mind. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen a single episode. It was like such an early... It was like one of the first Fox shows. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, George is listening to the names that they're talking about, some like giving this baby. And it's like regular ones, like, I don't know, Brittany and whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and George is just ripping on them. And I just be like, man, fucking punch him in the face. Like, George, shut up. Yeah. Whatever you say right now, you should just shut the fuck up. But of course, he has no common decency. And that's why we hate and love and love to hate George. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just he's just ripping on him for it. And then he offers them soda. Soda. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you, miss, you, you can't see, but Adam's actually like doing what George did and everything, you know, just like letting it sit there on so, the table huh? for a second. Uh, like he's waiting for them to be like, Oh, yeah, soda. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he solves problems. It's what yeah. he does. It's what he does. But they're obviously not into that name. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we got to the apartment. Kramer is making a mound of a sandwich, a lot of turkey, and he's complaining that there's no Dijon. And he can't eat a sandwich without Dijon. He's got the regular yellow mustard. And he takes one bite, disregards the rest of it. Because he, he can't eat a sandwich without, you know, without real mustard. Dijon, Jerry. I think I might have done this exact same thing to Jeff at one point. Yeah, that's, that's sad. Now, granted, because I am a bastard friend like that. Ah. Now, the problem for me is, I, I mean... I'm not a big Dijon fan. I Dijon in like small amounts, I'm okay with. Actually, I prefer like a stone ground mustard, um, and I actually I like yellow mustard pretty well. Yeah, me too. Um, or like I'm a big mayonnaise guy as well. I mean, mm. you're not, you're not. But no, no. But I, I do like actually I like regular mustard over Dijon. I don't like Dijon that much. Okay, yeah. There's a, there's a spice to it that I don't yeah. want. But like yeah, but there's there's something better with with stone ground and with um, uh, and with yellow. But yeah. for me, yeah, like like a, a mayo or some something that. Jerry, that Kramer is right that you, you can't have a dry sandwich. You gotta have some. A dry sandwich is just atrocious, especially with all the turkey that he put yeah. on there. Yeah, you need something in there. <laughs> exactly. So Kramer uh, notices Jerry's a little discontent with uh, him taking a bite and wanting to get rid of it and all this other shit. And so um, right then and there, in comes Elaine who is having these neck problems because of the bike that fell on her. And she is just in intense pain. And she's just like, man, I would I would give that bike away to whoever could fix this pain or make this pain go away. Kramer comes in just, you know, ready to kind of, you know, help with other stuff, just kind of smoothly. And he's kind of got his shiatsu and, you know, Kramer's, you know, he likes um, alternative medicine, if yeah. you will. Yeah. He comes in, twists her head, big old crack, and she's good. This scene always scares the shit out of me. Yep. 
Like the oh, way yeah. he like wrench, wrenches it, you know, and everything. Oh, and man. She, she kind of like does this like yell, like a real high pitched yell for a second, but then she's like, "Oh my god, it feels great." Every time I see it, I'm always like, kind of cringe, you know, a little bit. Have you ever gone to a chiropractor? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. We, my wife and I do it um, almost every other. week. I don't need we to know can. how many times you and your wife do it. <laughs> do don't tell, don't tell me that. And I gotta say, man, we've been going for about two years, and I'm still scared of the cracking. I let, you know, the guy does it and everything, and there is a bit of pain, but I, I try not to tense up, but, and you shouldn't tense up. You're not supposed to tense up, but it still scares the shit out of yeah. me, to be truthful with you. I've never gone to a chiropractor, and it's not out of fear. It's just I've never, I guess, been to where I feel I need an adjustment. I do love my back popped, though. So okay. it's like I'll have, you know, Keisha walk on my back every now and mm. then, or, or somebody, like, pop my back. I love a good back pop. Okay. But I couldn't do it with my neck. Like, I can, I can crack my own if i need to i can't um, i can't do that but i have seen way too many 80s and arnold movies to let anybody take their <laughs> hands and twist my neck no way right <laughs> right <laughs> i mean dude you're living in my head man that's yeah. exactly what i'm terrified every single time <laughs> i mean that's exactly what they do one quick swift you're done you it's over turn. you're done yep. <laughs> goodbye yeah. you're giving that person a lot of power mm-hmm. so <laughs> they have all the hand <laughs> yeah, there so. you go <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.
All right, George and Susan drive back and in the car, still going on about soda. And he still thinks like, you know, oh, they, they're going to love it. And she's like, no, 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 no. Susan's against it. She thinks they're against it. And then George talks about, you know, you know, okay, what kind of name they would pick for their kid. And he's like, I already got one planned out. Seven. <laughs> it's it's Mickey Mantle's number. I mean, and obviously Susan hates it. And like George does not back down because uh, he has this in his mind that this is obviously what's going to happen. He flips out. He puts his head out of the window. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's just stay calm here. Let's just stay calm here. <laughs> now, not going to lie, I've had this exact same conversation with Myra, except I was trying to sell her on naming our dog. I wasn't even trying to sell a kid, but naming our dog Boba Fett. And she's like, no, no, it's not happening. <laughs> no, and it, but like, you know me, I've put like so much thought into this yeah. my entire life that I'm, I completely turn into George and I'm like, oh, dog, don't get stressed out here, people. <laughs> but yet it's all me getting like huffy yeah. about it. <laughs> so not even just, just Boba. Right. That's I'm like, come just on. Because you could be like, maybe she's a big T fan or something. You don't fucking know. <laughs> But, all right. Uh, at the apartment, Jerry makes fun of the name, too, because, yeah. you know, seven beatings, seven times a day, yada, yada, yada. Seven stitches. Seven stitches. Exactly. Seven years in jail. <laughs> it's good. That was good. That's a lot of fun, especially when he starts naming off the peop- the, the, the items in the pantry that he could just name the kid as well. Exactly. And some of them were just as good. Yeah, I know. He's like, soup. <laughs> <laughs> so Kramer comes in and he's going to make he's get Kramer Kramer comes in and he's got this great idea. He is going to make an IOU list and basically a tab that uh you know at the end of the week Jerry can add up stuff and that way he can you know be a little bit more fair because of all the food that he eats at Jerry's place. Now, and he'll, now he'll me seeing how this goes is why I knew not to do that to Jeff, yeah. though. Like, you yeah. know what I, mean? I wasn't even going to offer to pay for anything. No, because <laughs> no. I know how that's going to go. Smart. And I don't I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> you but, do. <laughs> but Kramer also uh, brings up just the bike again. You know, that he, he expects that bike because it's a verbal contract. You know, something he expects. All right. Jared goes out with the redhead from before at the toy shop. And she's wearing the same dress as when he saw her before. Hmm. Interesting. 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 It is a cute dress. She looks yeah. good in it. Yeah. But, yeah. okay. We cut to Monks, and Jerry and George are trying to figure out this whole situation with this lady and the dress. And I like how like how earnest they both are in trying yeah. to figure it out. That's what, to me, that's what's the most fun about their relationship, is that they will both put in 100% like attention into something that doesn't matter whatsoever, like this right here. Exactly. I mean, they're like, okay, maybe we caught her on a on a specific uh, wash cycle day uh, in between cycles, and so then she could like yeah. rewash it again. Um, but shouldn't it come out later unless there was some other kind of thing? And so, the, yeah, right. They were completely trying to make it work, um, giving her kind of the benefit of the doubt, but still yeah. curious. Yes, because I mean, it has to be something. It can't be nothing. Yeah. Uh, at the apartment, Kramer and Jerry are discuss- discussing the purchase. Of half a can of soda. Kramer opened up a can and left it in there. No, no, no. The sound of a can opening is the sound of him paying the full price of the soda. Same with a third of an apple and all this other shit. 
I'm not going to like I'm not going to get into the, like the scientific process of carbonation mm. with you. That is good writing right there. It is. It is very solid. Uh, so then Elaine comes in and Kramer again pushes for the bike. And I do like their little hyperbole is like, oh, no, you know, it's like you, you know, it's it's a verbal contract. You know, you're you're saying like, OK, like I could eat a horse. Uh, he said something about that at one point. Yeah. And he's yeah. And then Kramer mentions that his friend Jay Remenschneider eats horse all the time. And I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Why couldn't you say Bob Sacamano? We haven't had a Bob Sacamano reference in a long fucking time. Like, oh, literally, wow. why couldn't he have said Bob Sacamano there? Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. And I, I just didn't even, that didn't even come together for me. And you're, you're making me realize it. I'm flabbergasted right now. Literally tongue-tied because I'm so blown away. <laughs> they should have just done a Bob Sacamano reference yeah. right there. Easy peasy. It feels like it's been seasons. Since it, we've talked I think about it, has. I think it has. So why wow. not bring him up just casually in this little this little one off? Because why fuck this other dude? Like I think I think they've forgotten about Bob Sacamano. Maybe, maybe. All right. Sad. It is sad. So, um, Kramer, I like his little physical humor where he's like, "Oh, Lane, you know, you're you're down on their level now. That used to hold you up here, <laughs> yeah. and then oh, oh, moves her down." <laughs> and I love how. He, he leaves the room and then or leaves the apartment and then comes right back in. And she's like, fine. You know, like he knew she what he did. He knew he how to, 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 you know, get it going and everything. And pushed, I like pushed it. Your it pushed your buttons just perfectly. Buttons. It was perfect. I loved it. It was great, great conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. So she did agree to giving him the bike. All right. At dinner, uh, Susan tells George that her cousin and the cousin's husband love the name Seven. And because she was telling him about it, because she just obviously was like, wow, listen to what George is wanting to do. And they're definitely all over it, which um, I understood this. Yeah, I will say we had a name that we wanted. And now, granted, our friends didn't steal it, but we found out that our friends were using the same name of a baby name that we were going to use. And it was just like daggers now they never they didn't steal it because we didn't really mention it yeah but at the same time it's like fucking hell so yeah now you're using the same name that we wanted like are you shitting me and i'm not yeah. gonna say the name because i don't want to call on anybody and we might still use the name yeah, but it's just you don't like, want to put it out there and I'm, just not, I'm not putting it out there all right but it's just like seriously it was like fucking really when we found out and they had their baby and the name was that and i was just like are you fucking shitting me <laughs> Now, I I was a little bit distracted, though, by the fact that clearly they're at the same restaurant that they were at, like, the night before. True. And, you know, I was like, okay, all right. But uh, George obviously still likes the name Seven, or, you know, Susan's making fun of it. It's a terrible name. He's like, no, no, no. It's get, it's got cachet, baby. It's got Today. cachet out the yin-yang. <laughs> Which is a great line. That's a great one-liner. It is. It is. So. There's actually, I think, uh, uh, low-key, there's a lot of uh, little quotes in here that I, I yeah. never kind of realized that were in this episode. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Uh, that night, we see Elaine's neck pain has returned. And so now she's just going to cream her. Uh, and she's just going to go back. She's pissed about that. On a walk, she's heading kind of towards their apartment. And she runs into that redhead, Christy, who is dating Jerry. Uh, she is, can only look up because of her neck pain. And so we have no idea what Christy was wearing. Well, we see that she's wearing like a jacket. So we don't really know what she had underneath it. 
Yeah, honestly, I thought this scene was pointless. Um, and I, I almost yes. wish that you didn't even we didn't see Christy from like a like a long angle shot, and we only saw a POV from yeah. Elaine. And because now we, as an audience, know that there was no information to even gain from that uh, for Jerry. Yeah, it probably would have been funnier if they just did like a long POV shot, like they're like seeing her walk down and seeing like only the sky and like mm -hmm. the building tops, and then the head of Christy and the head of other yep. stuff. Um, you know, and so yeah, and then you're right. The Kramer, the Kramer riding the the bike through the street and all that kind of stuff. It, whatever. Like this scene, you're right, was pretty unnecessary. Yeah, I mean the Kramer stuff is fine. I enjoy yeah. that, but if 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 we lost it to lose the entire scene, I think that would have been okay. Okay, yeah, I I, I pretty much agree with you there. So George goes to see the cousin and the husband because he wants to fight for his name, and so uh, Elaine. Also tries to find Kramer at the apartment complex, but, um, you know, she uh, sees Jerry, couldn't give the, the breakdown of, you know, the uh, the clothes to him and whatnot. So you're right. It really didn't mean anything yeah. uh, because the same thing of her wearing the same dress later will ha happen in like two scenes from now. Yeah. So, but I do like here where Kramer comes in riding the bike around the couch yes. about to leave. <laughs> Elaine shuts the door and he has just stopped by it and it's fantastic. Awesome. Great, yeah. great physical comedy right there. Exactly. Elaine shutting that door actually has had a couple moments this season, including one where she shuts it on George earlier, yeah. I think it was. So yeah. she did good. She's done yeah. good. This is I feel like we're finally getting consistently the the angry Elaine that we love. <laughs> the aggressive yeah. Elaine that we love. Yeah. I would agree with that. I this Season has had a couple lows, but overall, I'm excited to continue to see where it's going because I feel like we're getting consistent, strong Seinfeld. Yep. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast.
All right, so there is this whole battle about who the bike actually belongs to. And so, you know, they turn to Jerry to try and decide, but they need a different kind of mediator. Someone whose heart is dark. He has no pity. <laughs> He's got, you know, no emotion. Cut to Newman, who is doing their mediation. And I will say there was not nearly a big enough laugh. I It was obvious that they were going to Newman, but they didn't use like a big enough like audience laugh here because like. This is just me, my opinion, and just being like, one, I, you know I love me, cutting to yeah. Newman, yeah. and you knew it was going to happen, but it's just like, when you're talking about, like, you know, someone who is pure evil and all this stuff, and then you cut to Newman, and they just kind of, there's like a, a light chuckle. Well, so w- would you inform the audience as they're watching the show, would you tell them that, like, hey, guys and gals, this scene is going to start... But they kind of, I know they do sort of film them in order, but then they should say, like, this film, the scene's going to start right on a cut, and it's going to be the reveal of Newman is funny. Can we have an upbeat, like, can we, do they say that? Or do do you think that just, it it came together that way in editing, you know? I I don't know. I haven't really sat in on uh, sitcoms, and I've actually never been part of sitcom editing. I've been part of cartoon editing, um, some other, like, TV shows. Uh, actually, like a like a li- another live action show that was really crappy, but it had no canned laughter or anything like that. So I'm okay. not really sure. Um, and I've been part of audiences, but those are mostly for like reality shows right. or talk shows that I've been part of. Um, never been part of like a, a can or a laughter laugh track for um, a TV show. Now I would say just in in my opinion, just add in canned laughter. You right. Know, in the edit. Yeah. Like, but like it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, but give it a something long... something better there, I think, was deserved because. Yeah. Uh, it's just like they set up. Oh, it's, it's just this most awful person, and it's Newman, and you know it's coming because you've they've done this thing multiple times on the show already. But it's still fucking funny every time. I, I completely agree with you, so, and I, I love it. I love the reveal oh, of Newman. And the the like, reveal yes. in the cut is great. I'm just yeah. I'm nitpicking, and I'm just like yeah. I want I want to hear the laugh track more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony is there's a lot of laugh track to, stuff to talk about in the next episode because oh. there is somebody in that episode that I was having a <laughs> oh, wild time. It, it was a guy, right? I re- yeah, it was. I, yeah. I remember the dude. <laughs> yeah. um, this is completely out of left field. I'm just gonna go on a random tangent here. Do it. So, and what got me on this was. Uh, thinking about Wayne Knight uh, and Newman. Mm. So uh, this last weekend, Keisha and I took uh, a friend and his fiance out to a little safari by us. It's a, it's a little animal safari. They have like, you know, like some bison and mm-hmm. some ox and some deer and giraffe that you kind of feed from your car. Okay. Literally, they'll put their fucking heads right in the car. Their breath is awful. And all this. <laughs> <laughs> it's atrocious. <laughs> So uh, at one point, they also have like ostrich and some emu and like a rhea, rhea, however you pronounce it. Um, but those birds, so they came up and they said, do not feed them by hand because they'll like peck, you know, like they're, they're, yeah. they're kind of like bitey when they eat. So just kind of throw it at them. And so like the emu or whatever would like come up to the car and <laughs> one, Keisha was freaking out because <laughs> it's just like, I mean, one, these things have a big beak. They're like right yeah. fucking there. You know, they're they can, huge. They can, they're huge. And so she, like, you know, tried to throw a thing to eat it, but it wasn't going for it. It was literally just staring at her, and it would, like, twist its head exactly, exactly like the Dilophosaurus in uh, Jurassic Park, where Wayne Wayne Knight is in the fucking Jeep, and he's, like, looking over it, and it's just, like, 
tilts its head, makes that little like sound, and then it just fucking spits and goes to town on him. And like literally, character was like, pull up the window because it was a thing looked like it was ready to attack. Wow, wow, dude. Yeah, man, you you wouldn't catch me there, man. I'm not a big fan of like ostriches, and you know what? I don't like animals whose heads are either the same height as mine, like when they're they're standing, or like they're bigger than me or just as big as me. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. I want to be at the top of the food chain here. Did you know that the ostrich has the largest eye of any land mammal? I did not know that. I'm I'm pretty sure that is the case. I hope you're right. I, <laughs> Someone's going to tell us if you're not. Yeah, yeah, I heard it on a trivia show, so I hope that's correct. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, George and the cousin fight about the name obviously about you know them using seven uh they don't like soda they don't care for soda uh and then of course as is a sitcom you know trope it has to happen if someone is pregnant or near pregnancy it's time for labor and so they're, yeah. they they got to go in all right and, and we, i love how george is like following them like rattling off like numbers and he's like 13 then he's like no no 13 no good and then yeah <laughs> we're about yeah so uh first though before we get onto that Oh, actually, I'll just I'll just say yeah. I'm, literally, my only note for that scene that you kind of jumped ahead is on the way to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, George is still an asshat. Like he right, is. Yeah. He's just yeah. ripping on it. He's talking about you know different names. He's like, okay, well, what about six, eight? And I'm like, actually, six is a much better name because I remember the show Blossom. Yeah. And there was, and actually, yeah. the really hot one on the show was yep. named Six. I remember that. I do remember that. And so I have <laughs> I have far less qualms about the name six than I do about seven. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you're right. I, I jumped ahead that that's the car scene. Then right yeah. before it is the Jerry and date scene. That yep. And so, yes, yeah, so we are on the date. Uh, Jerry's girl. I think her name is Christy is wearing the exact same dress. And so we get a little Superman reference yeah. where yeah. he's like, what is it? Is she, uh, does she have this, the uh, cl- full closet of the same thing? Like Superman? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. But I do love how it started, though. He goes, what in God's name is going on here? I love how confused and perplexed and just mind blown by this whole thing Jerry is. Yeah. Uh, And so... But who somebody mentions later that like Einstein wore the same shit every day. Yeah, and a lot actually a lot of like it's, Steve it's Jobs. To be a, yeah, it's supposed to be a sign of like super high intellect. Is a lot of times people who do have super high intellects are also kind of quirky in other ways. But one of the things a lot of times they do is they'll just wear the same clothes over and over because they don't put any thought into like clothing whatsoever. Yeah. Why waste their you know brain time on something as kind of. Not ridiculous, but unnecessary or, um, you know, unneeded as fashion for them. I went through a phase where I was in community college, probably for a semester. I just wore black slacks and a button-down shirt and a black leather jacket, and I was kind of emulating Rupert Everett in Cemetery Man, a.k.a. Del Morte Del Mor, uh, a movie that I, I loved uh, back, obviously, was very influential on me in the late 90s, you know, but I just got in this, like, kick of, like, wearing just a black, a white shirt, a white button-down shirt and black slacks with black shoes, and I just, that was my thing for a little bit and you know what not gonna lie it's kind of liberating not caring what you're gonna be wearing tomorrow like it's just like you're just like well it's yeah. this right here but then guess what after like a semester i got bored with it and i was like i need to yeah. do i need to wear something else you know yeah fair enough so all right uh out on this date the christy 
eventually spills some wine on her dress and she wants to go home and change. And Jerry thinks that's a super idea. Mm-hmm. A little Superman again. Yeah. All right. And then on the way to the hospital, George is an asset. All right. Then we cut to Newman and he's heard the story and he suggests splitting the bike in half, uh, you know, and they can split it one way or another. And Kramer's like, no, 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 I don't want that to happen. And Lane's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, let's do that. And ultimately Kramer says, no, because of, uh, you know, his true love for the bike, Newman decides to give it to Kramer, which this is obviously referencing the king, the judgment of King Solomon in the Bible, oh. which, which is a thing. I don't know. Do you know, do you know, you know, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No. Okay, because we're not Bible people. No. But, <laughs> so so uh, King Solomon, basically two women came to King Solomon claiming they were the rightful mother of this one child. And so King Solomon um, decided to reveal their true feelings and relationship by suggesting the baby be cut in half. Each woman <laughs> receiving half of the baby. <laughs> this is Honestly, this is far more funny and ridiculous than anything on fucking Seinfeld. <laughs> No, no, King Solomon, he gets a thumbs up in my book. He yeah. clearly has a sense of humor. <laughs> Let's cut the baby in two. You can both have it. So the, obviously with the strategy, the the real, the non-mother was like, yeah, sure, fuck it. And the real mother was like, no, 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 make sure the child lives and all this kind of stuff. So he decided, oh, okay, that you must be the real mother because you don't want to see a baby split in two. I feel like there's a lot of humans would still not want to <laughs> kill the child, <laughs> yeah, but probably. it worked in this case. And so this is them obviously uh, parodying that. So I'm not going to lie to you. I-, I thought this scene was funny to begin with, and I understood like where he was going with it, but knowing that it's a reference mm. to something from the Bible, I-, mm. I think it makes it even better to be it truthful does. with you. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, I, I like seeing Newman in one, seeing him in a position of power is always yeah, wonderful, yeah, but yeah. in like this big judgmental, like kingly state, it's even better. Cause yeah. you, you can kind of compare him to King Solomon. So <laughs> I love it. Um, at Christie's apartment, Jerry's just looking around and he finds her in pictures of the same fucking dress from 1992, 1992, which is four years prior. Yeah. And so it's like, what the fuck? And so now he goes on the hunt for these other dresses because he's assuming she's got to have more of these dresses. But she comes back just in a like not a nighty, but like a, a robe or something like a kimono. It's kind of. And she's just like, no, no, no. I just want to go to bed. I don't want to go out anymore. Um. And he's just like, you know, trying to do whatever to continue the night to get her to, to, to go out and then maybe he can stay and then see her in another, you know, outfit the next day or anything like that. Um, yeah. And obviously he's just being creepy as shit. Now, his yeah. impatience is the problem here. Just fucking wait and go out tomorrow or, or whatever. Right. Cause, Cause she's turned off by the fact that she finds him snooping in his closet. Now, yeah. granted, I, I do think Jerry could have said if he was quick enough to be like, Oh, I thought this might have been the bathroom. Boom. Um, I thought the same I, thing. Yep. Yep. But no, he, he doesn't. And yeah, she's at this point, I think she's written him off and he's mm-hmm. desperately de- trying to get the information, you know? Exactly. All right. Uh, at the hospital, George still is a fucking ass. Uh, and the lady is the cousins having the baby. And then we cut to Christy. Well, I just, I just like uh, when the orderly like says, you know, only family's allowed in here, and George oh, is yeah. like, I'm family. I'm having sex with the cousin. That's nah, fine. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, sure, sure, I'll allow it. Christy breaks up with Jerry 
over the phone and he'll now never know. But I do love his little, yeah. like trying to rush out, you know, what's that? I thought, you know, why do you wear the same dress over time? All the time. <laughs> she hung up on him and his high pitched Jerry, you know, voice you that we love. <laughs> so what do you think happened? Why do you think she is wearing the same dress all the time? I truly think it's probably a wash thing. I, I think it's okay. a wash. But then again, you would think she would have been like, he saw me in this dress. Yeah. He, she would have been smarter to, to, uh, you know what I mean? But I think it was just a wash scenario. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll allow it for the first, um, date. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Because it's like, you know what? She's maybe, it's obviously a dress that she thinks she looks good in. I wear a shirt that I think I look better yeah. in. I'll wear it more often. And so it's like, okay. But when she had the second date with Jerry and she wore the exact same thing, then it seems a little bit odd. I don't imagine she has a whole closet of these, but I do imagine she has it as her favorite and yes. she thinks she looks good in it. And that's why she wears it so often, but it's still kind of strange. And, and we've discussed in the past episodes when there's no resolution to a storyline, we're going to ding it. But the point here is that we yeah. never find out. And, and that's and that what's doesn't genius about it. Yeah, no, right. that's, what's great. So, all right, uh, Jerry then adds up the tab for Kramer. And he goes, all right, Hobo Joe. And by the way, that was something me and Luke would always say back in the day because of this. Yeah. Call each okay. other, call somebody Hobo Joe or something. Okay. And the tag at the end is, um, you know, to pay for the tab, he has to sell the bike to Newman. So we see Newman uh, running, you know, riding through the thing. And Elaine finds him doing it, and she chases him and fights him. And I like that Newman got the bike, but I, the, the, the tag with Elaine – Fighting for it, I thought was kind of unnecessary. Ah, see, I, see, I liked it. I liked the fact that the the tag actually, you know, coincided with the actual storyline that was going on and everything. And uh, and I like Elaine obviously being super aggressive with Newman. Yeah, I funny. thought that that was fun. Uh, I also liked when when Jerry's like gives the 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 bill to Kramer. Kramer's like, I don't have that kind of money, you know. And I like I love just Jerry's just few do, and it's great. And well, not, Jerry does in the next episode. Well, yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> but and that's the thing. But the thing is, what, what I love about it is it still coincides with next episode because Jerry never was asking Kramer for the money. Kramer was trying to push this whole thing yeah. on Jerry, and so Jerry's sure. like, fine, I'll do what you want and add it up. So I'm just gonna go right into my my final discussion right. here. Um, I thought that this episode, even though I thought it was going to be the toy episode, playing with the toys, uh, I, I forgot sort of it was the dress thing with, with Jerry's girlfriend. Um, I enjoyed this episode very much overall. Wasn't like a, a perfect episode in, in my opinion. This this season really has been sticking the landing mid-season, has been coming mm -hmm. in strong. And while this is not like a five out of a five in my book, I think it's still a solid episode with good writing. I like how how everything sort of culminates together. I like how there is connective tissue with almost everything. Jerry's one thing is the sort of outlier, his little storyline. And hey, maybe that's why they included that scene with Elaine on the street, just to kind of make that relationship somehow connect with, with Elaine and the other people. But pretty much it was kind of a standalone thing. Um, but I do love Newman in this, in this episode. And yeah. especially, especially knowing that, that he's like, it's an homage. It's a reference to King Solomon. So that actually, for me, bumped it up a half a point with that knowledge. Oh. So I am going to give this 3.5 King Newman's out of five. <laughs> I like that. 
but right. that's a nice solid a better than yeah. average solid episode uh i felt very similar to you maybe just a tiny bit more as you'll see but yes solid episode george being a prick about the name is just fuck him but that's part of the humor and yeah. so that's you know and him not letting things go that's what he does he doesn't let things go Seven, the whole name stuff is classic. The bike stuff is classic. The dress lady, I really like that. Um, I didn't think this was super, super outstanding, but I do think this was a very well above average episode. Just solid fucking episode. We got me a Newman, and so probably that, which my love of Newman um, gave me just a little bit extra oomph on this one, so I gave it four out of five girls named Soda. Aha! <laughs> yeah, dude, this is an episode that, like, if it popped up on syndication, we were, you know, you just had it in the background, I would pay attention to it. Like, I would, like, stop what yeah. I was doing and, like, actually pay attention to it. So, and, dude, so far, this season's starting to, to is being, is really, really solid. We've had some dips it at is. the beginning, um, but it's not as much, not as bad as it has been before, so. I'm curious because a season six was a drop, but season five was kind of both of our favorite seasons yeah. so far. Like, will season seven equal season five or maybe even surpass it? I'm Very curious. curious about, yeah, so. Which, of course, we will discuss in our, our yes. season breakdown, but we're only halfway, we're only about halfway through. Well, actually, we're a little bit more, right, at this point. So. Yeah, yeah, a little bit past that, so. Um, one thing we have mentioned, if you guys are listening to this episode, this is on our free feed today. Uh, so, if you guys want to make sure you get every single episode of Cartwright and Seinfeld Podcast, go over to patreon.com slash Cartwright, and you can find every episode there for one dollar. $1. That includes our entire back catalog from episode one all the way to now. And that means you will be getting next week's two-parter that we're going to be obviously recording as one episode. But I'm imagining it'll be a bit longer than usual. And that is the Cadillac. So I think it's going to be a great episode, guys and gals. So if you want to check that one out, make sure you sign up for our Patreon. Cat right. Cat right. <laughs> and of course, go check out everything on the BFOP network. Check out Action Action. Check out yep. People Don't Forget, Talking yep. Back, Throwback Trivia, Takedown, yep. Blast from Our Past, and Podcasting After Dark. We're having a great time, guys. And uh, we, you know, we love it. We love it. And we know you guys love it too. So thank you all. Uh, yeah, I will say uh, that the feedback we've gotten from the people who have reached out to us is phenomenal. So everybody out there who has said something to us or who uh, responds on our Facebook um, or in the Patreon, we see that and we appreciate it. I think um, we have some of the best fucking fans and it's it really shows. So thank you guys. Yep, it, it does. So we'll catch you guys next week with the Clompus. <laughs> That's not it. It's the fucking Cadillac, you idiot. <laughs> The BFOP Network has partnered with 80stees.com to uh, give you guys a fantastic deal. If you go to 80stees.com and use our code BFOP, that's B-F-O-P, you will get 30% off your entire order. I've got a shirt that's come in. It is fantastic. They have got tons of different merch options for any kind of 80s thing that you love. I can guarantee you're going to find it on 80stees.com. Their shirts are awesome quality. The one i am got on right now is fantastic and soft. Fits perfect. So make sure you go to 80stees.com and use the code BFOP. That's B-F-O-P for 30% off your order.